the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Good morning, happy early new year, and welcome to the Jimmy Sangenberger Show here on News Talk 710 KNUS. Very good to be with you, even if it means I had only a couple hours sleep after a great gig for the Jimmy Jr. Blues Band last night at Dakota Tavern in Parker. We had an excellent excellent turnout we had uh, several at least several knus listeners came out to enjoy the show which is always wonderful and a real treat love meeting you especially in a context that isn't political what a blast it was and the music will continue this morning Live on the Jimmy Sangenberger Show from 7 to 9, when we will be joined in those two hours in studio by our good friend, regular on New Year's, Biff Gore. He was on season six of The Voice, got very far. He's a pastor at Highline Community Church. He's an Air Force veteran. He is the father of seven kids all around great guy black conservative absolutely phenomenal man and i'm looking forward to having biff gore right here in studio once again he will be joining us at seven o'clock looking forward to that and coming up it's going to be like last weekend when we were going to rabbi jonathan houseman we had to do a pre-record with him we do have a segment, next segment, that was recorded just last night or yesterday afternoon before my gig with another good friend of the show, another annual guest on the program, when we bring on Jeff Crump to talk about the musicians we have lost in the year 2022. That's going to be a lot of fun. We will talk politics with Biff Gore. We will talk religion with Biff. We will jam with Biff. There will be a lot that will come up from 7 to 9. We'll talk some music. It'll be great. This hour is about the music, and we will dive in with Jeff Crump in the next segment. We'll be going in just a moment to an early break. I do want to share some breaking news, which, I mean, it is... Very sad to see that just in the past few hours, overnight, probably about the time I went to bed, or even a little bit after that, retired Pope Emeritus Benedict Sixteenth passed away at the age of 95. We'll probably talk a little bit more about that and Pope Benedict Sixteenth during the time when Biff Gore joins us on the program. I want to offer some thoughts in that regard. I am Catholic myself, uh, and this is a real tragedy. A few days ago, it was reported that he was very sick, and Pope Francis was calling for prayers. Well, 
Pope Benedict has now passed away, former Pope Benedict, at the age of 95, Benedict XVI. Again, we will talk about that coming up later on in the program here on the Jimmy Sangenberger Show. Also in her 90s, Barbara Walters died yesterday at the age of 93, legendary broadcaster. Just in the last couple of days, something else, but they both lived very long, full lives into their 90s. Pope Benedict XVI and Barbara Walters both rest in peace. And by the way, Pope Benedict XVI is the first pope in many centuries to have retired and then been around. He's lived several years as Pope Emeritus, which is something else. All right, we got to get rolling to our break. When we come back on the other side, Jeff Crump for a special music with Crump. Remember, Jeff was in the music business for decades, worked for Barry Fay. He was uh, in promotions for over a decade with Barry. He uh, was a tour manager for Aerosmith, five years, run DMC, Public Enemy. He helped run Red Rocks and other Denver venues, was a former VP at Live Nation. The list goes on. Jeff Crump up next. We are just getting started in a fun New Year's edition of the Jimmy Sangenberger Show here News Talk 710 KNUS. what we have said to a great many legendary musicians, including the woman who you hear surely recognize her voice, Christine McVie, one of many we have lost this year, legendary musicians, doing a tune with Chicken Shack from 1968 called When the Train Comes Back, of course, Christine McVie, famous for being lead singer in Fleetwood Mac for a long spell. Every New Year's Eve, we have on a dear friend of mine for a special edition of Music with Crump to talk about musicians who we have lost. His name is Jeff Crump. For decades, he was in the music business in many capacities and knew so many of the people we will talk about. And he joins me now. Happy New Year, Jeff. Welcome. Happy New Year to you, Jimmy. I'm glad we made it through another year. Um, I'm glad to be on with you again. Good to have you, as always, my friend. So, 
Where do we even begin? I mean, maybe we begin with Christine McVie, but when you talk about and think about musicians whom we have lost as somebody who has worked with so many and been in the music business for decades, I mean, your resume goes to doing a decade or so working for Barry Fay in uh, at Fayline and promoting shows and, of course, tour manager of Aerosmith for five years, run DMC, Public Enemy. You ran, helped run Red Rocks and other Denver music venues. So with that in mind, when you look at at the life and legacy of various musicians who pass on. What's your perspective as someone who has known so many of these folks? Um, obviously, the ones that were in bad accidents or possibly took their own life are incredibly tragic. Um, some of the others that maybe lived a long age and died in their 90s, I don't feel, I feel like their contribution was great and, you know, Somebody may miss them, just like I miss my mother and father, but it, it's hard to pity somebody that had a full life, like a, a Lamont Dozier or something, and wrote just what, 40 or more number one hits. As far as Christine McVie goes, I mean, Fleetwood Mac is probably generally the biggest name overall on the list we're going to talk about today. There's other big names that are um, more <clears throat> explained by music genre, but she died. Um, November 30th, so it's fairly recent, and um, I can say her maiden name uh, was perfect. It seems kind of an odd maiden name, but it wasn't made up. That was her real maiden name. She joined Fleetwood Mac in 1970, and she ended marrying John McVie later on. Once she joined, John was the uh, bass player in Fleetwood Mac. So McFleetwood's the the Fleetwood, and um, John's the uh, McVie. So tell me a little bit more about what stands out from the legacy of Christine McVie. Let's start there. Um, she wrote a lot of the big hits. I, I think Stevie Nicks is probably the more, more famous member of Fleetwood Mac, but um, Christine McVie wrote a lot of their big hits. You can go your own way. Um, a, a lot of her stuff had to do with romance, good or bad. So I, I don't think people know really how much of their hit material she's the one responsible for writing now personally i'm sure you knew and worked with her what was christine mcvee like personally um fleetwood mac was pretty standoffish i mean they had tons of friends so you didn't get to spend a lot of time i spent more time with stevie nicks than i did um with christine mcvee so I can only tell you from observation, having worked with them, she was always very nice, um, hard worker. I don't, I don't know her well. Jeff Crump again, our guest. He, of course, is our featured guest every time we spend New Year's Eve talking about musicians whom we have lost. I want to ask you about uh, Lamont Dozier. You mentioned his name and you go to Motown. He was one of the legends of Motown. Talk a little bit about Lamont Dozier. Um, well, most people have never heard the name, but he was huge as far as launching um, Motown and also writing hits for, oh gosh, he wrote and produced 40 number one hits, I think. Baby Love, You Keep Me Hanging On, You Can't Hurry Love, I mean, that, that goes on and on and on. Um, and really, his voice shines all through the whole Motown uh, family tree. Yeah, you know, it's it's interesting when you think about 
a classification. It's not a, a genre of music, but Motown was to soul a very, uh, I mean, it was, it was the, def- the, the, the definition of soul music, especially of that era. Oh yeah, they came along and broke. Uh, if you remember, a lot of the the male bands were four piece, five piece. They had choreographed dance moves, wore similar outfits on stage. The whole Motown thing um, was con- conceived by Barry Gordy, and he personally brought a lot of these R and B artists to uh, a, a rock and pop side. They, they were customized originally just targeting um, R&B audiences, and Motown really branched it out. As you know, being a blues guy, I mean, a lot of the early blues, the blues were influenced by black um, guitar players, singers. Um, you, you know, that was just a real, it was, it was a true American homegrown style of music. Oh, without a doubt. And you got to love anything with soul and a kind of music that's literally called soul clearly has some soul. Right, Jeff? Right. Right. Absolutely. You know, I want to talk about Olivia Newton-John for a moment because she made her mark. I mean, I know her more than anything from Greece. And so many people really got familiar with the likes of films that she did. But talk to me a little bit about what she brought to the table from the music vantage point uh, of things. Well, I think Greece was a real breakout. Um, obviously with John Travolta and it was, um, she's just a very sweet, young, innocent girl in the movie. I think what she's most known for is she crosses a lot of genres. She's obviously Australian. And, um, one of the biggest things she's known for is, uh, surviving breast cancer for the last 30, 35 years and being very outspoken and making it, a uh, an above the fold front page issue. And I think she really was a pioneer in that. It wasn't obviously music related, but she used her fame to really push for research and study. Um, I thought she was beautiful and had an amazing voice. Well, when you talk about what what she did with breast cancer, I mean, what is it about a what do you take away from a very famous singer and actress as Olivia Newton-John was, or any others that you can name, who take on a cause like that, especially a health cause that has so much personal connection to it for so many people. Is there anything that, that really comes to mind as far as what makes that significant beyond, oh, she was just a spokesperson for her and talked a lot about it? What's the that piece that maybe gives people more of a connection to that famous person that they might not otherwise have just through the music? Well, I think she used it as a platform because she was experiencing it herself. She got breast cancer at a fairly young age. I mean, I think she was in her late 30s, um, maybe early 40s, but traditionally that's a disease that hits women and older and some men. Um, But she was not ashamed by it. It wasn't something she kept in the closet. She came out and talked about it and really gave um, a voice that said, it's okay to talk about this. This is universal. It crosses borders. It affects families. And, and she's one of the first people, I think, to actually come out and stand up and say, I've got this health issue. I'm willing to talk about it. I want to talk about it. And other people related to that. 
Very, very true. All right, we got to go to another legend, one of the early rock and roll legends. And, well, let a little bit of music give us our way to talking about Jerry Lee Lewis. You shake my nerves and you rattle my brain. Too much of love drives a man insane. You broke my will, but what a thrill. This is the kind of boogie-woogie feel that makes you want to get up and move around, groove a little bit, doesn't it, Jeff Crump? Uh, you, you can't listen to that style of music without moving or tapping your foot or something. It just pulls you in. And he was just a maniac on stage. He would dance on his piano and where you could hear just a stuffy's pattern, like you said, um, boogie woogie. And he was just really kind of an out there guy. Nobody quite knew how to define him. I think, unfortunately for him, one of his most noteworthy things about him is he married his 13 year old cousin, which pushed him out of the limelight quite mm. a bit because he was really shunned. Uh, and it wasn't just a fluky thing. I mean, her name's Myrna. And they're still, well, up until he died, obviously, but they were still close. They weren't still married. They both gone on and married other people. But uh, he was most known for that, <clears throat> unfortunately. Yeah. But, yeah. He was a pioneer. He was a pioneer as far as how he used the piano and just kind of his, his nickname uh, in the industry was Killer. Well, certainly on the list of musicians that we lost in 2022, Jeff Crump, those that are on the list, he is one of the few that really, I think, could be put down as that kind of pioneering figure, especially given that the era he was coming up in the 1950s, that rock genre, rock and roll genre, was still fresh, was still new, and it, it has paved so much for what we see to this day, Jerry Lee Lewis and that style of rock and roll that he helped to bring about. No, I'd agree. I mean, he came along about the same time as Elvis, obviously different styles, but um, known for their movement. And you know, he was just a pioneer. Once again, you're listening to the Jimmy Sangenberger Show, News Talk 710 KNUS, with our special guest, Jeff Crump, from Music with Crump, as we remember musicians that we lost in the year of 2022. Let's go to another one, uh, Naomi Judd. Uh, talk a little bit about her, because she's the, the kind of a, the, the country aspect of things. I mean, that's... Um, the genre is so big in these days. You got more pop country and so forth. But when you look at her and her family and so forth, talk a little bit about Naomi Judd. Uh, well, Winona Judd is one of her daughters, and Ashley Judd, the um, actress, is the other daughter she has. She, went, uh, she teamed up with um, Winona to tour as the Judd, so it's a mother-daughter team. Now, Winona has uh, a link here to local music 
history is she married a guy named Cactus Mosier that's from here in Aurora. He was a drummer in um, Highway 101 and some other groups, and they're still very happily married. He got in a motorcycle accident. They were out driving and got in a motorcycle accident. He had to have his foot amputated. So he has an artificial foot, but he's still the drummer. Um, sad thing with Naomi is she always was haunted by depression. She ended up taking her own life, sadly. Um, and talent-wise, she and, her, she and her daughter were pioneers as well in that style of music. Yeah, and so when you look at legacy, musical legacies, especially from the standpoint of a genre that is um, pretty notable when you talk about country music. What would you say the Naomi Judd legacy is for that style of music, Jeff Crump? Oh, I don't know. They did a lot of both electric and acoustic things. I mean, they were well-known in Nashville performing together. Um, not that that was unusual for families uh, to do together, but I can't think of another country duet of a mother-daughter that was out touring at that time. Now, did you get to meet or work at all with Naomi Judd? No, I never did. Okay. Uh, we didn't do uh, we didn't do a lot of concerts, you know. With that genre of music, we did a lot of Willie and Waylon stuff, but not so much with the Judds. Mm. Interesting. And I should have mentioned or asked. How about Christine McVie or Olivia Newton John? Met them both. Didn't know either one of them well, but um, Christine McVie. We did a lot of Fleetwood Mac dates. Mm -hmm. um, so. I can tell you a Fleetwood Mac story when they when rumors came out at the time it was the biggest selling album in history, and they went on tour and decided they were going to be totally decadent. Their manager, who I won't mention his name, but insisted on backstage certain fancy wines and crystal goblets and sterling silver for the um, artist food. Well, he started out with a small private plane and the. It got too big, so they or it got too small, so they then chartered a 737 to take all their friends with them, and it got so crowded there they ended up taking the 737 for the friends and going back to a private jet for the band. So, needless to say, that tour sold out, not a ticket missing, and lost money. <laughs> oh my gosh! <laughs> Off behind rumors, which is a pretty substantial album to tour mm. behind. Speaking of transportation, this one I want to get to the Doobie Bus and the Kruby Bus here in a moment. But let's remember, with a little bit of musical accompaniment, longtime Doobie Brothers drummer John Hartman.
Of course we gotta get to the harmonica solo when we hear Long Train Running. This is something that my band played Friday night, the Jimmy Jr. Blues Band, and I always have a good time playing the harmonica riffs. But uh, Jeff Crump, let's talk a little bit about John Hartman, drummer for the Doobie Brothers. Well, Doobie Brothers and the Grateful Dead were unusual because they had two drummers. Others since then, like the Roots, that are on with Jimmy Fallon and stuff, have two drummers. But Doobie Brothers um, had two drummers that were, sometimes they were in sync, sometimes they played two different pieces. But uh, Keith Knudsen was the other drummer, and he died several years ago. Um, John was one of the founders of the Doobies. Doobies were a really unique act as far as the artists that came and played, became members of the band. Skunk Baxter um, was a wonderful guitar player that was in and out of the band. Um, Michael McDonald, a lot of you know from his piano playing and solo career. So um, they just were, here again, we're talking pioneers. That word's reason probably more than it's appropriate. But um, John and Keith were just amazing to watch together. Yeah. So uh, one story you have told me before, and I think it's a great time to share it. Talk, tell us about the Doobie bus and the Kruby bus. Oh, it wasn't the Doobie bus, but that wasn't, they weren't buses. They were airliners. Right. They were airplanes. The Doobie <laughs> right. liner and the Kruby Oh, the liner. liner. Right, right. Okay. <laughs> so they weren't buses, though. And they were old prop planes. I mean, the... The Kruby liner, I think, was a DC-3, and it would just, it would always be smoking and rattling. Every time we'd land, we'd kind of breathe a sigh of relief that uh, we weren't going down in legacy with Leonard Skinner. I mean, it was just, but they were funky, but they had the names on the side of the planes. It was kind of a fun way to travel. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I always got a kick out of it. Uh, you you had the two airliners, and I mean, when you're a band like the Doobie Brothers, how common is it to have two separate planes like that? Um, not common at all. I'm trying to think anybody else doing it. I, I doesn't doesn't ring a bell. I mean, if you're flying everybody, you get on one plane and go and then you split up with the, the crew that has to be at the arena early goes first the band comes later but in this case they just split it up and and because they were their schedules are so different the band schedule really comes from four and a half four or five in the afternoon until midnight or one they usually don't eat before they play so they're eating dinner at midnight where the crew shows up and they're on site with the riggers probably at six thirty or seven up until the showtime, and then um, the, the part of the crew comes on with the band, the guitar techs and that kind of thing. So it was just, it was unusual at the time, and they weren't fancy private jets like uh, like you see, especially a lot of the rap artists and executives mm-hmm. are traveling around in $20 million planes. These weren't. These were old surplus World War II planes, I think. Okay. Jeff Crump, um, is there anything personal that you can recall about John Hartman of the Doobie Brothers? I, I met him, but here again, we did a lot of Doobie Brothers dates. Uh, they had a lot, spent a lot of time in Boulder. Uh, their lighting director was uh, Marty Wolf, who was um, Colorado-based and Boulder-based. So it was, uh, they were here a lot. I, I just didn't know him very well because uh, I didn't spend time with him. I just did some shows with him. Once again, Jeff Crump, our guest. Let's stay on the topic of drummers. Taylor Hawkins, drummer of the Foo Fighters, passed away this year as well. 
Right. That was fairly recently, I think, too. No, that was earlier in the year, um, maybe March. Um, yeah, I mean, the Foo Fighters, obviously, they've got a drummer that's, they got a guy that could play drums that's out in front, uh, and Dave Grohl, that obviously was a drummer with Nirvana. He died in the middle of the tour, and uh, so they had to pull the tour. And I don't, they, it's suspected, but not confirmed, that it was a drug overdose on the road. I don't know. I don't like to speculate, but that's what the press is saying. Because a lot of these, a lot of these artists, they don't give a cause of death. But he wasn't very old, right? Let's go back to country music, Jeff Crump, uh, another top-notch A-lister musician who passed away back in October of this year is Loretta Lynn. Yeah, she she's one of the, I mean, here again, pioneer. She's one of the very first super huge. Uh, female country acts. I mean, they, they did an award-winning movie about her life. Her biggest hit was probably "Daughter." Of, I'm a coal miner's daughter, which a lot of people have heard, and it's been covered by other people. Um, she kind of broke out with Conway Twitty. They were a, a team that played and performed and wrote together. Um, and later in her career, oh, uh, well, she did 46 albums overall. And in, late, in early 2000, she teamed up with Jack White from The White Stripes to do some work together, which is an unusual pairing of a traditional country artist with a very progressive rock and roll artist. And so when you look at um, back into the, the significance uh, in terms of the country music genre, you would say that it was that she was one of those first very early female country acts that sort of then set the tone that eventually evolved into the likes of Shania Twain. And now we have, of course, the infamous or famous Taylor Swift. Yeah, she, um, she had 16 number one hits. She, um, released 40, she played on 46 different albums. Uh, she died when she was 90 years old and a lot of her stuff was autobiographical. She was proud Amazing. to be from a poor coal mining family. So she was, mm -hmm. she lived her life and it wasn't a fantasy of who she is or was. She lived till 90, which is a quite an accomplishment. So a lot of the people we've talked about got nowhere near my mm -hmm. 90. A few minutes left with our guest, Jeff Crump. Very special music with Crump edition of the program right now coming up at the top of the hour. None other than Biff Gore joining us in studio. Let's go through a few other musicians, Jeff. Meatloaf. How many musicians are named after a food? Um, not many that I know of. And he just didn't look like a rock star. He never had long hair. He never dressed a party. He had a fabulous voice. And it was named Meatloaf when he was a kid. Um, so it wasn't something that he changed his name to when he got in the music business. Uh, I, I never was a huge fan. Um, two out of three ain't bad. I do anything for love, but I won't do that. I mean, those, those kind of... Uh, romantic ballads, if you will, weren't my thing, but he was, just, he's, you know, one of those guys that you wouldn't recognize him on the street unless you knew him. <laughs> Fair enough. Very true. So earlier we talked about Naomi Judd having taken her own life. Uh, Aaron Carter, of course, brother of the Backstreet Boys singer Nick Carter, uh, passed away by similar means this year. Yeah, he wasn't very old either. He got his start really opening for his brother's band. Um, I think he was in his early 30s, maybe 34. He was, was yeah, yeah about it's, my age. It's always tragic when you see somebody 
uh, die that young, especially when they've taken their own life. There's got to be some kind of demon they're wrestling with when they've got fame and money. And, you know, those things aren't what necessarily what makes you happy. As you and I both know, that stuff's pretty superficial. It's great. But you've got to have a deeper base uh, as far as your spirit, your religious beliefs, whatever it is. If, if you think that the only reason for you being here is your temporary time on earth it's a shame because you don't have much to look forward to mm, it's sad but very true and i think well said jeff crump um speaking of jeff let's go to jeff cook of alabama and that's another uh, legendary band name absolutely and one of the founders i mean who's a guitar player in alabama and they um they were a super group that burst out i'm going to say in the late 70s maybe early 70s um, he died in november of parkinson's disease i mean it wasn't um it wasn't an overdose it wasn't intentional um here again any any time these people die it's it's a sad thing but um, um he died in november of parkinson's disease so was I, I having not really done much with country back when you were in the music business, Jeff Crump? Did you have any any connection with Alabama? Did you ever meet Jeff Cook? Yes, we did show. I did a lot of shows with some shows with Alabama, mostly in the states north of us: Casper, Wyoming, um, Laramie, Wyoming, at the university, Rushmore Plaza Civic Center. Um, in Rapid City, South Dakota, and those those big family country artists would draw from hundreds of miles away when you play in these uh, venues that don't get very many shows. Yeah, and that's interesting. What what was Jeff Cook like? Uh, focused, real focused. I mean, he was fun. He was fun on stage. He interacted a lot with the rest of the band, and it kind of made you feel as a spectator, made you feel like you were a part of, of their family. Yeah. Well, that's wonderful. Uh, I, I, whenever somebody, especially at that level of fame, really makes you feel like you're part of a family or their family, that's great. Uh, Jeff, we're just about out of time. Who are a few others that you'd like to give mentions before we got to run, my friend? Um, Ronnie Spector. She was married to Phil Spector. She was a huge singer. Uh, Be My Be My Little Baby. She sang a bunch of stuff. Sang some Rolling Stones albums. Coolio, famous for Gangsters Paradise. I, there are a lot of, of R&B and rap artists that died this year, but a lot of them were like drive-by shootings, and I just didn't um, didn't know a lot of them, didn't work with a lot of them. A lot of them were young. Um, Ian McDonald, the founder of King Crimson and also Foreigner. He was a well-respected, well-known genre in, uh, in the rock genre. Um, talked about Taylor Hawkins. Dan McCaffrey was the lead vocalist for Nazareth. And although it was an Everly Brothers song, they really launched Love Hurts uh, in, in the promise. It's been recorded by half a dozen artists, but his his um, wailing vocals on it really made that song what it, what it became. Any final thoughts here, Jeff Crump? I mean, we're looking back at 2022, we're looking ahead to 2023, and unfortunately there will be more musicians who will pass on, but any thoughts and reflections on this? Well, I always appreciate you having me on. It gives us both an opportunity to take a pause and look back. Um, I didn't do this off the top of my head, obviously. I remembered a few of them that had died, but I had to go look 
on the Billboard chart, and it's like, wow, I didn't know he died, or I didn't know she died. And it's just, it's kind of a sobering thing to look back on the last year, um, see who we lost, uh, and look ahead to you know what's coming. One great New Year's blessing that uh, I personally, and so do you, appreciate is that one of the musicians we didn't lose is Dr. Biff Gore will be coming up shortly on this show. Yes, absolutely. I'm excited. Always love a chance to connect with Biff Gore in studio for a jam session and conversation. And of course, Jeff Crump, you are the one who back in 2014 first introduced Biff and me together when he came on the Jimmy Sangenberger show. It was July of 2014. It's been a while. It really has. Time flies when you're having fun. And we always have fun talking and playing music here on the Jimmy Sangenberger Show. And that is it. It's got to be it for our conversation with you, Jeff Crump. But we will pick it up in the new year. Thank you, my friend. Always a pleasure. Thank you. Thank you. Happy, Happy new, new Year, year by the way. Everybody listening. Absolutely. Once again, Jeff Crump joining us here in studio. I'm Jimmy Sangenberger. We got to take a break. We'll be back here with more on the Jimmy Sangenberger Show. News Talk 710 KNUS again. Biff Gore coming up at the top of the hour. Coming back on the Jimmy Sangenberger Show, News Talk 710-KNUS. Little Johnny Lang bringing us back is really unfortunate that, uh, gosh, I think it was a couple years ago now. Maybe it was last year. Uh, Johnny Lang, who actually was the first guy I ever saw in concert, well, along with Jeff Beck. He opened for Jeff Beck. I was seven and I saw Johnny Lang open for Jeff Beck and, and Jeff Beck. Johnny Lang canceled all confirmed appearances because his amazing voice wasn't uh, was was having problems. Doctor's orders. I don't know what the condition was, but he had medical challenges with his voice, which is really unfortunate. Hopefully he'll get back in to the music game at some point. But it's a great tune. Still raining from his Oh, I think Johnny Lang Wonder. Let me look it up here. Wander This World. That's the album. Wander This World. Great album. I am Jimmy Sangenberger. Good to be with you today. Happy New Year one and all. Coming up at the top of the hour, he will be in studio. Biff Gore, the ambassador of soul, joining us on the Jimmy Sangenberger Show we will jam, we'll have conversation, we'll take your calls at 303-696-1971. Lots coming up, ready for some fun, the music continues. I got my harmonicas, he's got his guitar and his voice that appeared on Season 6 of The Voice and got very far. I'm Jimmy Sangenberger, stay with us, just getting started, two hours ahead. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. 
with in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.